Hello, and welcome to Appleton Engaged. I'm your host, Timber Smith, DEI coordinator for the city of Appleton. And I'm Andy Anam, communications manager for the city of Appleton. And Appleton Engaged is a podcast that explores the many people, organizations, and resources that make our community a great place to live, work, and play. So whether you're a longtime resident or just getting to know Appleton, Join us as we learn more about our community together. And together we will take you on a journey through the rich tapestry of Appleton. So who is our new guest today? Ah, we got a great one today. And this week's guest is Rhonda Chandler, founder and executive director of Loving the Skin I'm In. Hello, Rhonda. Hello. Good afternoon. Uh, Rhonda, can you please tell us about yourself and your association with Appleton in the Fox Cities region? Sure. So first and foremost, I'm a wife. Um, I'm a mother of three. I have a 22-year-old son, a 20-year-old daughter, and a 15-year-old daughter. I've been a social worker for over 20 years and relocated to Northeast Wisconsin in 2015. So I've been here about eight years now. Oh, okay. What, uh, what made you come to the region? So my husband's employer transferred us out here for a job opportunity. All right. That's so pretty awesome. Was it a big change for you? That's an understatement. Huge <laughs> change. <laughs> Huge. In a positive way or in a like neutral way? It was challenging and difficult initially. My kids were going to seventh grade, ninth grade, and second grade. So while they were already going through those changes personally or developmentally, and then it's we spring on them, we're moving to the Midwest. It was like, you're ruining our lives. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be tough. It was. It All was. Right. But, but it's good now. We're on the other side of it. All right. And they're enjoying the, they're enjoying the region. So my son is back in North Carolina. <laughs> He graduated and decided to head back south. And my oldest daughter is headed back south next year. And my youngest is going is a sophomore in high school. So we'll see. She says she's going to leave the area once she finishes high school. But we'll see. Okay. We will see. <laughs> All right. Rhonda, can you please tell us about loving the skin I'm in? Sure. So we are a 501c3. We will be three years old this month. We started right before COVID hit. Mm. Um, and then during the pandemic, established or worked to establish as a 501c3. So we work in the Northeast Wisconsin area with black and brown girls building self-esteem and confidence, providing a community of support and working, you know, to to give them the self-esteem that they need to navigate this community and also the world. What does that look like a little bit? Because, I mean, that seems like a big <laughs> that's a big on taking it. Yeah, it is. But um, and it can look like a variety of things. In our programming, we have group mentorship. So the 
kids get an opportunity to meet in a group setting and then we break out by elementary, middle, high school levels and they meet with their mentors. They get to do an activity with mentors. We also provide group work in local schools in the Green Bay area. And then we have a parent component where we are providing education to our parents or caregivers that are raising our young people. So tell me, Rhonda, that, you know, how this program is also, you know, is it like also open to students in the Fox Valley region or is it like completely deeper and Green Bay based? It is open to folks in the Northeast Wisconsin area. Okay. So we actually do have families that attend or participate from the Fox Valley area. So how you identify those kids? Like, you know, uh, can they sign up from the school district or how that thing happens? They can sign up through a school district. It's kind of been word of mouth. That's really how we initially started. Somebody knew somebody. I met people at church and then they knew somebody. And from there, I created a private Facebook page. So folks just, you know, started sharing the information. But now we are getting school referrals. We're getting local referrals from mental health agencies, etc. So I'm curious about one thing. How do you came up with the name of Loving the Skin I Am In? So, you know what? It was a conversation that we were having with a family friend And I was like, you know what, I'm going to start this group. And really, it was just going to be a group out of my home. So when we were thinking about a name, our friend Tia, she initially said, how about the skin I'm in? And I was like, well, you know what? I was like, we need it needs to be something else because I want the girls to love who they are, Mm -hmm. who they were created to be. So that's kind of, you know, that's just the name kind of stuck. And we said, how about loving the skin I'm in? Yes, it did stuck with me. So I I love this name. I appreciate it. Thank you. So who are, and now I know a little bit about the organization and what are the, what do the demographics look like? Who are the people that are in this organization or who are utilizing the organization? So our the kids that we serve range from ages 7 to 18, so really elementary through high school. But, again, we also work with their parents or caregivers. Our kids are African-American, black, or biracial, whether they're Latin and African-American, Caucasian and African-American. If they identify as black, then they participate. Um, And our parents, we have mixed race, you know, families. So we may have Caucasian parents. We also have families that have adopted. So, you know, we have white parents that are parenting black and brown girls. So they participate as well. That's got to be powerful. It is. It's, it's, you know, I, I tell folks, you know, come just, you have to come experience it. Like, it's, it's our chaos, but it's really not chaos. But it is to see all of us together in the connectedness and the relationships that form. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's a big deal. It's, it feels like, like it just feels like there's a space, you know, where everybody wants a place to belong. Absolutely. And it feels like this could be that space where, you know, if, it's, if you're not fitting anywhere else, maybe this is it. When... They come, you know, I, we try to make it a, as a family reunion. Every, you know, we're family. We're intentionally being family. 
I want everyone to feel welcome. You know, when they come, I'm like, I, I hug, I'm a hugger. So, you know, I, I embrace them and, you know, make sure that they feel comfortable because it's, it's our community. It's our thing. So, you know, I just want them to feel like they have that voice and sense of belonging. How often do your groups meet? And like, are there any events that the organization does? So our larger community group meets the second Sunday of the month at Life Church, Green Bay in De Pere, right off of the highway next to the big Walmart. We meet from 2 to 4 p.m. And in the schools, it just depends on the needs of the school. Sometimes I meet after school. Sometimes I meet during the day, during lunch. It just, you know, again, depends on the needs of the school. But our larger community meeting meets the second Sunday of the month. As far as upcoming events, so we have an event that we're participating in this weekend, an organization called House of Hope that supports families who are experiencing housing insecurity. They're hosting kind of like a golfing event, but they have invited other organizations, other nonprofits to participate, play a little golf, and then also to bring awareness and provide education about what their nonprofit is doing in the community. So I would love to learn more about what kind of activities, you know, you conduct to make people aware of how, you know, they perceive their skin and their uh, personality associated with that skin. Like, how do you make that connection happen? That you need to love your skin. So we do a variety of activities. Think first and foremost, we're really intentional with making sure our mentors look like the girls that we serve. So representation is huge because usually our girls are the only child of color in their class. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for them to be able to come into this space and see a mentor that looks like them and who, you know, is a young adult in the community who may be a college student in the community where they can ask questions about hair care, hairstyles, um, what type of lotion or, you know, what do I use to moisturize my skin and to keep my skin healthy and that sort of thing. So we try to have those relevant conversations and, you know, so they can feel safe where they can ask those questions and not feel, you know, awkward or mm -hmm. like everybody is staring at them or, you know, just as simple as where can I go to get my hair done? Because it can be a challenge. Like they're not, you know, we're used to, especially coming from Charlotte, a variety of resources to go get your hair done or even to buy products. So having those conversations or finding medical and mental health professionals that look like our girls to provide the medical and mental health needs that they have. So what I'm hearing is it's also a safe space for those kids to unwind and share their experiences and get some guidance on how they can navigate to the challenges of teenage years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can't stress the importance of being able to find the right skin care and hair care. Because, Definitely. you know, um, it matters. It does. It does. And it all, you know, ties into how you look when you go into these spaces and, you know, you want to feel good. You know, you, you're not going to be surrounded by a lot of your peers that look like you. And then there's already going to be, you know, that situation where you may 
feel isolated or stared at, et cetera. So you want to be well-groomed and have, have those things together. Absolutely. Is there any additional things that you feel is important for our listeners to know about? I think just in doing this research, I guess I kind I knew, but in doing my research regarding our black and brown girls and what is happening to them and how they're treated versus their white counterparts, my plea or ask is to really encourage folks that are listening to educate themselves so that they can understand what is happening to our black and brown girls and how our young girls are perceived as more adult-like. It's it's called the adultification of black girls. They're seen as older than they really are, therefore less empathy. They, you know, people don't empathize with them because they feel like, you know, they're they're more mature. They don't need that empathy in their they're behaving more adult-like, or even the consequences. They can have the same behavior as their white counterparts, but their consequence is harsher. We look at, you know, situations. I can't remember if it was in New York or so. There was an incident where an elementary child was, like, being handcuffed by the police. She was having, you know, an episode. But then when we, we see a white child having an episode at school, well, they have mental health issues and they they are treated in a more compassionate manner. So I would really ask folks to really just educate themselves so that they can have that awareness and understanding. And then as you educate yourself, pass it on. Don't don't keep it to yourself. Share it, pass it on to the community that you're a part of. All right. Thank you. Can you please share a narrative that will help listeners understand the importance of your organization? Sure. So this, you know, again, this was personal for me. It was occurred because of situations of microaggression and biases and racism that my kids experienced when they entered their school district. So, you know, as a parent first, then as a social worker, I'm like, okay, what what can I do to help combat these issues and and so that my kids can still feel good about who they are? And it really wasn't supposed to go beyond, or at least in my mind, go beyond my basement, but it did. But having a safe space to talk about your experiences, to have an opportunity to experience different things in the community together with a group that looks like you is so important. I remember when we were just kind of starting out, I took about six or seven girls to the beach. So if you know with black females in their hair in the beach or going swimming, it's a, it's a thing for us. So to see these young ladies feel comfortable to be at the beach, not worry about whether they should wear a swim cap or not, or that their hair got wet, and just just to have that camaraderie. Like, they, they had a ball. Now, folks around us may have been staring or whatever, but they felt so comfortable because they knew they wouldn't have to explain to anyone why I have to have a swim cap on or why I'm not wearing a swim cap and what will happen when my hair gets wet. So it's just the little things 
that we kind of take for granted, but it's not a little thing. And these discussions, I believe, is powerful. Like, you know, opening up, that is a first step towards, you know, creating that equitable, you know, resources in the community. And as a woman of color, I totally understand and resonate what you're saying. There are cultural backgrounds, the way we look, the way we are perceived, the way we have to break the stereotype. It's a difficult journey. And when I think of small kids going through that, it's a very hard thing. It that. is because they don't have the words. They're just kids. They're innocent. So they don't they don't necessarily they don't have the words, you know. So it's it's so important to start empowering them early right. so that as they get older and they're able to verbalize and have the words, you know, so that they can educate others. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. So are there any upcoming initiatives, events or engagement opportunities? So we have our October meeting, second Sunday of the month, October 8th, I believe, where we are going to have a presentation or conversation from a former police officer who now works for the local university. And he's going to um, come in and have a conversation with our parents because, you know, we we want to be proactive. We want to educate our families, we all know about the encounters of the the law enforcement and black and brown folks. So we want to have those conversations early on to educate our parents so that they can have those conversations with their children. We also, a group of us, there is a event in the Sturgeon Bay, Door County area, Hip Play. It's a form of, I guess, hip hop and ballet dance. So a group of us are going to attend that. So that's another thing that we try to expose them to different cultural opportunities. So that's coming up early October. And then we've got an activity planned for November. I don't want to give away too much because we're still in the works for that but stay tuned because we're going to have a fun event going on in november right before the thanksgiving holiday is there anything the community can do to be helpful absolutely as a new nonprofit, a small nonprofit, we always always welcome volunteers who want to come and work with our young people who want to share a gift or talent that they may have with our kids or or with parents. We are growing rapidly, so we are looking for folks to serve on various committees for events, fundraising, and that sort of thing. So, you know, we would love to, to have the assistance. So who can people contact if they would like to learn more or be a part of it? They can contact uh, me or go on our website, And there's a contact form. So if you have a question, feel free to fill that contact form out. If you want to be a volunteer, there's a link for you um, to fill that out. Or you can visit us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well and and LinkedIn. Do you have any shout outs? I just want to shout out our board of directors of amazing black and brown women who are in Northeast Wisconsin, as well as in the, we have a few women representing the Milwaukee area. Want to shout out our mentors who give up their time to our young folks and then to our families who participate because we couldn't, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Okay. Well, thank you, Rhonda. Thank you so much. At this time, we're going to start wrapping up the show. And uh, I just want to take a moment and say, Thank you to our Appleton Engage listeners. 
for uh, spending time with us, giving us your minds and your ears, and learning about this amazing resource. We also want to say we are a work in progress, so please feel free to reach out to us and let us know what, what can we do to improve this podcast. We want to make it the best that it can possibly be to represent the city of Appleton. Please feel free to reach out to us at diversity at appleton.org. Once again, that is Appleton, diversity at appleton.org. And also, one more thing I forgot to mention is if you would like to be a guest or if you would like to recommend a guest, please feel free to email us also. And then one more ask from our listeners is please take a moment, if you are listening to this podcast, to subscribe to it and leave us a review. This helps with our analytics. We think we have something pretty special here with Appleton Engaged, and we think it it would be beneficial for more people to learn about it. And you can find us on different platforms, and not only you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on different other Apple, Apple, I think it's the Apple podcast. Yes. So you can find us in different ways, and so we just request you to keep supporting the organizations and, you know, leave us our feedback. But thank you for tuning in today. Until next time, stay thoughtful, stay curious, and stay engaged. Thank you.